The thing I love most about this rivalry, yeah. everybody's wrong until the result comes in. Let's go. They always say, throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry. On that day, you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of Michigan. I don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. I love you, man, but you're an idiot. A Michigan, Michigan State podcast. And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spath. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the I Love You, But You're an Idiot podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Friday, Michigan State is playing tonight against Penn State at Ford Field. Gave up one of their home games for that one. We'll get into that just briefly because everything about this weekend is about the game. Michigan, Ohio State, undefeated, number two versus number three in college football. So much on the line for both programs. Whoever wins goes to the Big Ten Championship game, and certainly whoever wins uh, is almost uh, a lock to go to the college football playoff. The loser, on the other hand probably gets knocked out considering the way that the rest of college football is going. When you've got Washington, Florida state, Oregon, Alabama, all still in the mix uh, to, to take up one of the four spots in the college football playoff. But before we get to the game, the game, the game, let's talk very briefly about Michigan state. Uh, they've got Woo! some, there might be a coaching hire on Monday. Maybe you think I mean, Justin? No, I don't think it'll happen. Tuesday. That Wednesday? I honestly like, you know, the, the, the time frame here, obviously of the early signing period or whatever. And like, you know, the first week of December, you know, leading up to like the big 10 championship game, but Michigan state has gone through uh, supposedly reports from, you know, Spartan illustrated.com, uh, the rival site there. Uh, these four names have gone on to the second round. Okay. I'm and it is Oregon state's Jonathan Smith. Okay. Mike Elko from the university of Duke. Okay, I think it's Duke University, but go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Dave, uh, what's Lawson. his from Wake, Wake Forest. Forest? Okay. And uh, fourth one is slipping uh, my name. We just talked about it two seconds ago. Not Lance Leopold. Not Lance Leopold. I do uh, not believe Lance Leopold got that far. Anyways, those, okay. are the, those are the three. Now. The guy from Washington State? Uh, no. Okay. Urban Meyer? Maybe. Okay. That's where I want to start. That's what I want to talk about because that's where we're at. And. If you go on social media, and many of our listeners are very uh, big proponents of the Twitter or the X, whatever you want to call it, I truly believe that this fan-based theory of hiring Urban Meyer has actually had a significant hand in this process. And while Alan Haller may be able to say, we're going to do our due diligence and the search committee and da ba 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 there is an overwhelming amount of Michigan state people who say, go get urban Meyer. And it is not just a joke anymore. It maybe started as this pipe dream, this, this, this long shot theory, but there is now way more smoke. Okay. We have people visiting with urban. We've got sightings of urban wearing Michigan state apparel out on the golf course in Uncle Ish. Uncle Ish might have gotten on an airplane after watching at Michigan can State, I, can Alcorn I, can State. Can I stop you for a second? You no, were you in can't. Florida. Why were you not down there covering the story? Why did you come home? You should have just stayed. Because in. I'm not. I'm not in that game anymore, Michael. You, you know should just. I you should have been with the binoculars. You should have been like looking through the fence. I'm not that crazy. 
I'm not. There's other people that'll do that for me. Plus, it'd be bad for your skin. That's it. That much skin, sun. The new skincare routine. You can tell I'm glowing. But I'm also glowing because Michigan State is literally about to hire like the next chapter of the program. And and that is, it, it was, you know, I mean, think about it. like 12 weeks ago, you know, we're thinking, okay, this is Mel Tucker's prove it or die season. And like, you know, they go out and they win their first two non-con games. They look pretty good. Then everything comes out about his, you know, idiotness and selfishness and don't need to dive back into that. Glad he's gone. No remorse. Kind of happy that I don't have to live through like another season of like, oh yeah, you know, we're we're, we're coaching him up and you know all the chopping and the the this bullshit. Is my best team I've ever yeah, coached. Yeah, like I mean, just it, it, he just he a lot a lot of you know Colorado fans were right. A lot of snake oil salesmen to him, mm-hmm. uh, and not a lot of substance. Not a lot of not a lot of uh, of growth that you could really see and the recruiting. And but like you can recruit, but if you can't coach, then what's the point? You know, yeah, like Mark yeah. D'Antonio was beloved because he took lower recruited guys and made him. Champions, and as well as any any coach I've ever seen. Exactly, but my point is, is like I'm excited to see who the who they decide yeah, to go yeah. with. But it's got if 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 it comes out that that they did not vet this urban process at all. Like there's a lot of like you know, and it, the secretive, the closeness. Like Alan Haller is like hiding. He's like not showing up to like Michigan State. Maybe had their best weekend in a year. You had the hockey team sweep number one team Wisconsin at home. Michigan State basketball won a couple of nice games yeah, last yeah. week. You had the football team win a game. I know it's Indiana, but you had the football team win a game. You had women's basketball doing some. Th- I mean, you had a great uh, NCAA women. And he wasn't the- at any of them. No, this guy isn't like hiding. He yeah. is just like out there trying to figure yeah. out the most important program. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, as far as like, look, basketball will always be kind of like the bell cow for Michigan State as far as like you know national recognition. As long as Izzo's as there. As long as Izzo's there. But football is the one that makes the money. Yeah. This hire is so important. So I'm excited. And like watching that Oregon State Washington game, I'm like, you know what? I can see this guy coming there. Uh, like I, I said, can see Jonathan Smith coming to Michigan State with the resources that he's going to have, the backing that he's going to have. He, that team played hard as hell. Yeah. And who's to say? I mean, the transfer portal is now open. Who's to say he doesn't bring half that squad with right, him? Right. Who's to say he doesn't bring that? top 11 team, you know, that just barely lost by two to who I think is the best team in the country. Yeah. So uh, he's not a bad consolation prize. If that's how I, you know, I, some fans would look at it, but yeah, I, I think he'd be, a, I think he would be a home run hire. I, I really do. I, I think if you, you know, I still look at this and think you're the chance of urban Meyer. I know why you're getting your hopes up, but I look at it and go like, I just don't know that if I was a Michigan state fan, I'd be putting all of my, eggs in that basket and like putting all my hopes and expectations right there. But if you said like, Hey, you get Jonathan Smith out of it. And now when you look at it, I believe that Washington and Oregon have clinched the PAC 12 championship. So like Oregon state is not, they're not like they, they've got the backyard brawl or what do they call their, yeah, the, the, the uh, apple cup. No, that's Washington, Washington state. Oh, I think it's the backyard oh. brawl between Oregon, or- Oregon and state. Yeah. So they've got Oregon that trail that, that game still to play but they're not playing for anything, right? Like they're not playing for the PAC 12 championship. They're not right. playing for a college football playoff berth. So he could move on at this point after the last regular season sure. game. And I think if you're Michigan state, you do, you have to hire that guy next week because you'd have an opportunity for the big 10 championship game to put him on the air. Like I think Fox would say like, Hey, during one of the breaks, we'll put the new Michigan state head coach on. Sure. You have an opportunity to like get to that entire audience out there. 
Like that's a massive opportunity. You can't waste it. And so, yeah, I think there will be some, there, there should be a higher announcement. Maybe it's not Monday, but Tuesday or Wednesday. If it's not, it keeps on dragging and dragging. Like that's, that's missed, bad for business. Missed opportunity. Because you've got, like you said, the timeline of things, you've got to try to keep whatever you can. If this recruiting class intact, if you even want these guys, you got to figure out like, who am I bringing? Like, these kids got to figure out where they're, if they're transferring, like, there's just so much that's going to have to happen. And then I'm not going to sit here and say Michigan State's going to be a world beater next year. I already know that they're going to have, you know, a struggle. And if they win seven, eight games, mm-hmm. wow, that's a fantastic first season. Not expecting that to happen. We'll get yeah. there when we yeah. get there. But my point is, is like, I'm excited. I think Michigan State fans, you should be excited. And yes, to your point, I think Urban is the grand slam of, of hires. And simply because even if he's around for two to three seasons, and he builds you back up and you kind you know, and you have to deal with it. But maybe again, like who knows? He would certainly be the grand slam, but Jonathan Smith, he'd be, the, he'd be a home run. He'd those, be a home run. And there's nothing wrong with a yeah, solo shot in the second. You get one of those two guys and it's, it's game changing program changing for Michigan state. Anything after that, it's Dude, a lot of, it's a lot I mean, of, if it's Dave Clawson, if it's oh Mike Elko, no, if it's Lance no. Leopold, there's a lot of like, ah, Okay, so it, we're it's, it's, we're resigned it's, to be Minnesota for the next exactly ten years. We're gonna build it the right way. It's like we're, no, you yeah. either you either you either try to play to be a top twelve team in the country year in and year out, or you relegate down to nothingness. Right, and that, right. and that's what it is. That's what this coaching hire is all and about. And that's what this coaching hire yeah. is all about. So we don't have to draw it on. We don't have any new information. Obviously, like what I will say is I do think it's very interesting because you connect the dots. Ishbia was in town on Sunday for the Alcorn State game. Sitting courtside right next to his boy Izzo. And then there was a charter flight that left from Lansing down Sarasota. Could Ishbia have been on that as one of the biggest boosters of the university? I'm not saying he was. I'm not saying he wasn't. But I really thought he was just visiting you while you were on vacation. I do have his number. Maybe I should call him. So, what's up? Yeah. Where you been? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, we hiring him? Tell me. I don't think he'd tell me. So, if that's the biggest, if that's the biggest coaching hire, for Michigan State in maybe 20 years. Since at least since, Antonio, since was Antonio was hired. Then this Michigan game tomorrow or Saturday, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, I would argue is the biggest Michigan game. Since 1997's National Championship. And a lot of Michigan fans will say the 2021 Michigan-Ohio State game because it got Jim over the hump. And I would agree, except for the fact that right now but the perception now. of the program is that, and I would disagree with it because I watched Michigan go out there and Hassan Haskins, I, I mean, like, look, man, the guy still ran over you, still ran through you. Like, that was a game that was won in the trenches, okay? And to me, like that, so you can't take anything away from that game. Every other fan base in the country has completely invalidated every single Michigan win from 2021, 2022, and the first half of 2023. And so this game is all about Michigan showing, like, you're, you're saying the only way we're winning is cheating. We, we're not, okay? Like, Connor Stanley's been gone for five weeks. Everybody has changed all their signs. We have to go out there and beat the opponent in front of us with the same way that they're trying to beat us. And if we beat them, then you get to take all your rhetoric about the only way we've ever won these games, and you get to go fuck off. <laughs> I love the venom that comes out of you from time to time. And, 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 and you know what? And, like, my post, my post after the game will be like three middle fingers to Ohio State, to anybody that doubts us. I want okay? one. 
But, <laughs> but I mean, like, that's how important this game is. If you lose, no, it's huge. If you lose, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's it, oh, if you lose, it's they can't win without it, cheating. It is, it is, it just perpetuates the idea that. And let me let me say this too, Justin. If they lose, you might say like every fan base is going to do that. But isn't there a little bit of the Michigan in the back of their mind if they allow themselves a little bit to say like, I mean, was it? That's my point. That was, was what it, I was, was going to say. Was it just is, about is, knowing the and, signs? And that's and that's part of what this game means from like a zoom out, you know, forest through the trees like scenario is if they lose this game to Ohio State, Ohio State fans and Michigan State fans are going to just it will be insufferable for you. You'll be 11 and 1, you'll have a hell of a season, you'll go to a great New Year's Day bowl game in the New Year's 6. Good for you. But you will never live down the 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 yeah. the the cheating allegations and like then when all the information does finally come out and like whether it is but this will goes back we've been talking about this for weeks 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 Shh, just enjoy the wins the support the kids the kids are Absolutely. playing like Absolutely. and that's the part where it's like if you lose this then it's like. Now you have to really turn your attention to all of the shit that you've been well, the, the blindering. Black, yeah, the black curtain. Cur- the black curtain gets goes pulled away. back. Yeah, and now you have to go. Well, our team, our season is basically over. We're not playing for a national championship. We're not playing in the college football playoff. Okay, now it's time to look at the wart that's been growing mm-hmm. for the last six weeks. But if you win, but if you win, that the, black, blinder stays, <laughs> the blinder stays. The blinder up. stays up. You just get a push it. Just, yep. You, you push just get it a push down it. The line. And frankly, you don't even have to worry about the Big Ten championship game because I think they could. I think if they beat Ohio State, they could lose to Iowa and still get in the college football playoff. Okay, stop beat. it. No one's losing to Iowa. I know. Well, that's the thing. My that's, God. Except Iowa fans. Uh, oh, we're the, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Trash. Um, so, no, it's it's everything. And here's the other thing, too. It's about these kids' legacy, right? Like, it's about J.J. McCarthy's legacy. It's about Blake Corum's legacy. Like, Diamond Edwards seems to have a Michigan-Ohio State legacy because of last year. But Corum didn't play in that game. Sure. It's, it's Will Johnson's legacy. It's Rod Moore's legacy. It's, and I'll say this. There's no Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. What does this mean for Sharon Moore if he beats mm-hmm. Ohio State? And now does he become the coach in does waiting? Does he become the coach in or waiting? Or does he become the coach next year if Jim doesn't come back? And you say, look, man, look, he can do it. Okay, like he can be the head coach if Jim goes to the NFL, or it just decides like the best thing for the program is for Jim Harbaugh to move on. Like Sharon Moore, three and zero as a head coach, one and zero against Ohio State. You know, like how much easier is that to accept for a Michigan fan base? There's a lot going on. I'll say this too. I've talked to a couple of Buckeye fans. Or not Buckeye fans, uh, Buckeye reporters. And one guy said, what do you think the the environment is going to be like on Saturday? Oh. And I said, like, I, I've i been at a couple of Lions games now this year where I think the Lions fans, because they've been so desperate for 50 years, like that crowd inside that stadium is off the charts. So incredibly hostile towards the opponents. I think what you're going to see on Saturday is you've got a collective Michigan fan base that has got the black curtain up and is just 100% going to give everything, everything to that game. I would not, I'm not worried about Michigan fans getting in fights with Buckeyes and the whole thing. But if I was a Buckeye fan, I would put some like noise canceling headphones on. And if I was the Buckeye players, like you are going to, this is going to be a snake pit. On Saturday, I thought the atmosphere two years ago in 2021, the snow globe oh, everything, was, sweet. was as good as it's ever been. I think this will be better. Michigan fans are, this is their moment. Like they've got the fangs out right now. Like they are ready to devour the Buckeyes. 
if Michigan somehow can pull off 10-point victory or something like, like win by double digits, and you're going to see a final five minutes that is going to be the most raucous I've ever seen in Michigan football history. I really, truly believe that. You're painting a great picture. You're painting a great picture. But I've been in the big house when a team has come in there and beat them. Mm-hmm. That's the opposite. And it's the quietest 110,000 people yeah. you'll ever be around. So it's going to be really interesting to see what, you know, and and I think Ohio State has a significant advantage by having Ryan Day on the sideline and Jim not. I mean, mm-hmm. you can sit here and say, okay, we were able to go to Penn State and, and you know, the emotion of having Jim ripped out of your arms uh, off the airplane, you know, like that, win one for the Gipper. And then you go to Maryland and you, you had a whole week to, to kind of, to practice dress rehearsal. Hey, I'm going to be at practice. I'm going to help with film review. I'm going to, here's how we're going to do this positionally, all these different things. Jim's poking his head in the door. Hey, what's going on in here? Let me tell you about this. All right. See you later. And so they had that, but when it comes down to making massive decisions, a fourth and one on the Ohio state 48, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, what call yeah. are you going with on third and five from your own five? Like what, you know, like these are those types of decisions that the head coach not being there, the guy that's been the leader, undisputed leader of this team for almost a decade. Gone. And there's two things, two things to that. I'll add to that. I go back to, and I think I said this early in the season when Jim was out and uh, uh, a red Barons is I'm recovering Michigan hockey for a number of years. He used to talk about how important it was to have a true number one center. We saw this, we've seen this with the Red Wings for like years now. Like, is Dylan Larkin a true number one center? He's probably a great number two center, but not a number one. Why do you need a Steve Eiserman? Why do you need a Sergey Fedorov? Because when you have a Steve Eiserman in the middle that's on your number one line, every other line falls into place. Every other line, the second line now gets to do their job without having to worry about the number one line. The third line gets to be to do their job. Red used to say that when I had a number one center and a number one line, everything, it was my best teams because everybody fell into play after that. Right now, Sharon Moore's trying to do multiple things. He's trying to be the offensive line coach, the offensive coordinator, and the head coach. And so he's got, like, he needs to be the offensive line coach, and he needs to be, really needs to be the offensive coordinator. That's number one. He needs to be the offensive coordinator and, like, see the whole chessboard from that role. But when he's trying to be the head coach, he's trying to do these multiple things. I think that's really hard on him. I think they would honestly be better off going and plucking Jack Harbaugh out of the stands and saying, Jack, put the headset on and just be the acting head coach for, for this game. And... You know, I would honestly trust Jack to make some of these calls, right? Like, I'd be, I'd be good with that. And have Sean Moore be the offensive coordinator, just let him do stuff. Or take Mike Hart. Take some, one of the other, yeah. Steve Klinks, let him be one of those guys, and let Jesse Minner and Sean Moore. The other thing I'll say is, I've heard this from a couple people, is, is Jim and JJ's, J.J. McCarthy's relationship is so special. And J.J. is very much, we don't see this because all we see is the TV broadcast. But after drives, who's the first guy J.J. goes and talks to? Jim Harbaugh. Before drives, who's the guy that J.J. McCarthy talks to? Jim Harbaugh. Who is the guy who, like, all the time he's talking to him? He's coming off the field, and people think, like, oh, you go back, you get on the phone with your with your offensive coordinator, your quarterback's coach, something like that. But he's coming off the field, and, and Jim's saying, like, hey, you know, I noticed on It's like he's telling him things. He played the position. He's seeing the game unfold. And right now he's coming off the field. Sean Moore's too busy, and he's right. an offensive line coach. Mike Hart is, is a running backs coach. He's coming off the field. He's going back to the – um to the huddle, and then he's getting on the phone with Kirk, Kirk Campbell, right? Like, it's not the same thing. No, it's not. So he's missing that. Yeah. And you, and you look at it, these last two games, J.J. hasn't played very well. Yeah. And how much of that is because he doesn't have Jim on the sideline with him? I, 
you'd have so to ask, maybe you'd have to ask JJ. Maybe Jack Harbaugh can just be his personal mentor. And get, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know if they're going to change anything. But if I was Michigan, I would seriously look at like, is there somebody? I I joked. I said, what are the Baltimore Ravens doing this weekend? Can they come on Saturday? Can John Harbaugh stand on the sideline? Yeah, like, right. You know, Sarah Harbaugh. I mean, somebody, D- anybody. No, it'll be interesting. I mean, that's part of like, you know, the, the added intrigue. I mean, there has been years that this game has had so much added intrigue the year that Bo died. Like, you know, like the the first year that Jim came and took over the program. Like, you, even in our childhood and like, you know, those great, you know, one versus two battles yep. in, the, yep. in the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, the, 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 the spot game. I was down in Columbus for the spot game and covering that and just the, the afterglow of all, like, just... Love, love, love this rivalry. I mean, I know that this podcast is about a different rivalry, but this this rivalry obviously does have such significant national ramifications. And this year, it's just no different because just the hatred from Ryan Day. Did he hire a private investigator to get some of this information on Michigan? Like, like all this outside yeah, yeah. noise and stuff. So it'll be fascinating to watch. Um, I, I, I have to, I, as we move into prediction time. Yeah. Let's do Let it. Let me go first. Sure. No, yeah, I, just, I feel like this is your, your you, you get the grandstand at the end. Okay. Because I don't think you're going to like what I have to say. Sure. That's okay. I just think that Michigan has done such an admirable job. And I'm saying players, the players on the team and the coaches that have been managing this inside Schembechler Hall have done such a fantastic job of keeping the focus, but you're starting to see the wheel on your cart. Mm-hmm. start to just shake a little. And you kind of look down, you go, oh, well, you know, the next person will have to deal with this. But then you get to the third aisle and start, a little, 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 little. okay, what's going on here? And eventually it's going to catch you. Yeah. Eventually that wheel is going to, to, to stop or it's going to make your cart not work as efficiently as it had when you first took it out of the rack. I just know that Ohio State is going to throw literally everything Mm -hmm. and Michigan while they had a nice win at Penn State those two teams are not built the same Mm -hmm. and I just think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to give them such fits the tight ends that they employ are going to give them more fits than any other team that they've seen so far this year Ohio State's defense is not as good as it's been in the years past but Michigan's offense has also been showing signs of weakness is that because Jim's not on the sideline what kind of preparation like and I understand from the other side, Michigan's going to pull out every single stop that they have in their employ. Yeah. So it's going to be good on good in a lot of different areas. Great on great in some areas as well. Kyle McCord, not the dynamic quarterback that Ohio State has had in years past. Game manager, though, mm-hmm. who can get things done. Running game, who's got the advantage? Ohio State seemed to find, find something a little bit more. Michigan found something against Penn State. 30 straight runs, 220-some yards. I mean, again... There's so mere images of each other on the field that it's going to be what big plays, who gets the breaks, how's the ball bounce certain ways. Yeah. But give me the Buckeyes to get off the two-game snide using all of their talent and weapons and coming into the big house and and doing kind of the unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Because, again, I still think Michigan's a really good team. And this is not me being Sparty Boy saying, oh, I want Michigan to lose. No. I, I've told you guys, I think if you get to the Big Ten Championship, you have a legitimate chance, but you have to win this game. Yeah. And when I look at this game, I just look at Ohio State's talent, individually maybe more so than the team talent. I just think it's 
this much better. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. makes a play that changes the the okay. course of this game. Give me a tight one, maybe like 27-24. Wow. Ohio okay. State. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, all your points, especially the rattling of the uh, grocery cart. Um, Thank you. I, Thank I you. Can, Big analogy guy. Yeah, I, I can completely see. What I'll say is there's a couple things that are working in Michigan's uh, favor from that perspective. One, there's no NCAA investigators this week. So they get to just be themselves. They just get to be about the team. They're going to have Thanksgiving dinner together. They're going to have an opportunity just to spend all this time together, to rally around each other, to be that family type of thing. Um, I don't expect any news to drop this week, so there's not going to be a bombshell on Friday. If there is, maybe I change my prediction, but there's not expected to be anything. The NCAA and Big Ten have both said, like, we're going to take a hands-off approach for one week. Then we'll be right in your grill on on Monday. Um, so I think that gives them a chance to take a collective sigh of relief the first couple of days, then get themselves back to playing what they need to play. If J.J. is healthy enough, I think he can make enough plays on the scramble like he has all season. Um, Roman Wilson is key. He got knocked out in the first play. Supposedly went through a concussion protocol. Sharon Moore on Monday said he should be good to go. They really need him because he's he's not Marvin Harrison, but he's their biggest game breaker. Yep. And it's if it's just about Cornelius Johnson, just about Samaj Morgan and Tyler Morgus and Colson Loveland, I don't know that they have enough in that game. Blake Corm is ready to, to, to ball out and play his best football. Will this offensive line give him this opportunity? And then who go, who does Will Johnson get to go follow Marvin Harrison around the entire game? And are they bracketing coverage? Do they have somebody over the top on most of those opportunities? I think they probably will because they're not really worried about um, Ohio State. I mean, yes, they have a great tight end. Uh, they have a great wide receiver on their side. But it's about Marvin Harrison. If you can keep him to, I would say, one touchdown in this game, I think Michigan wins. Two touchdowns, I think it's going to be close. Anything more than that, I agree with you that, that Ohio State wins this game. I think this is the scenario I have unfolding is Michigan um, puts it all together mentally, keeps everything at bay one more week. That that that, that thing's rattling, but somebody gets a little bit of the uh, WD-40 out and lubes it up, and it's not going to work long-term. they got to fix the wheel, but it's good enough for this week. Um, Blake Corm goes out there, plays his best football. J.J. McCarthy plays his best football. The defense keeps Ohio State to 24 points. Michigan does just enough. They win this game 31-24, to 24, and after the game is over with, Jim Harbaugh gets off the bus, comes down the stadium tunnel, goes out on the field, celebrates with his team, standing up there. They pick him up, put him on their shoulders, oh, wow. and carry him around the stadium for a standing ovation from the Michigan faithful. If Michael Bay is listening, the director, the movie director, Michael, Michael meet Michael. Because he just painted this epic Hollywood storyline. Michigan versus everyone. Harbaugh up on the shoulders. Tony Petiti is sitting up in the press box just grumbling and angry and mad. Michigan State fans just, they stop supporting their program. Ohio State falls into a pit. And a, a, a volcano comes out of the middle of Columbus. Ryan gets fired in the, in the post-game locker room. No, he gets launched into the sun. That's the way it happens. No, I listen. That is that was I was getting a little chills. I was getting chills thinking about Harbaugh coming down the tunnel after the because game. Because here's and, the thing: he's not supposed to be at the venue for the game. But the moment the game's over with, right? Like that rule's got to be. I, I you, wonder you what it is. Yeah, the or, game's or over. Be with. damned, right? Yeah, like, what rule be damned? Do? Like, what what are, are you yeah, what are you our victory. Yeah, no, he gets off the bus. 
He comes down and like there's all they they that, <laughs> that they have that they have the camera that's in the tunnel and they they oh, show it on the yeah. big screen and the crowd sees it and they start going nuts and the players come out. JJ McCarthy like oh, sees him, runs God. to him, gives him a big hug. They pick him up on their shoulders, a la Lloyd Carr in 2007, and they carry him around. And Jim's trying like because he's a uh, you know fairly oh, boy. like put me down, put me down, and they carry him around and the stands go. No, hey, you'd have a flooded field. I think it you would win be, the game. The flood, the field, you might be right. Again. I and think it, they're it on would the field be, again. And I'm going to stay there. I'm just going to sit there. Are you going to the take, game? I am going to the game. Good for you. I'm going with my brother. I went two years ago. I'll be back in that crowd. Oh man, can't wait! I can't wait to talk about it with you afterwards. I'm just going to watch it on TV because <sighs> oh. that's you're right. I think it's going to be a snake pit. Um, I well, just okay. Keep, I just want to keep that black curtain up. Keep the black curtain up. Listen, uh, regular season's coming to an end, so I do want to give a shout out to all of the listeners, all the support, all the people that have been watching on YouTube, all the people that have been downloaded on iTunes, Spotify, uh, the Great Lakes Podcast, all of these different places. You guys have made this so much fun interacting with you guys. And Michael, I'm sure you can echo these comments. Uh, it's been so fun to talk about it. You know, we're going to obviously be here through the Big Ten Championship game, take a couple of couple of breaks for the holiday season yeah, yeah. and what have you. We'll, we talk basketball. We'll talk basketball a lot of football still. and stuff. We've still got a lot of football. We got bowl season to get through and whatnot. But your support this year, it was a couple of knuckleheads that were thinking, hey, let's try something different. We seem to have found something that's really unique and really cool. And your support is the only reason why we keep coming in here and doing this week in and week out. So thank you guys for supporting us. It means a lot to both Michael and I and and everybody here who does such a great job of putting this on the air and getting us getting us up to go. So I just well, wanted to end yeah, we, the regular it. season with like a thank you and a tip of the cap to you guys out there for supporting us and, and making this uh, this this dream kind of come come to, to so with fruition. everybody out there. We love you, but you're an idiot.